What's better than Anchor's podcast creation tools? Nothing. Mankind has always searched for evidence of God's perfection, and we found it. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use straight from your phone or computer. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the lesser of the podcast platforms like Stitcher. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I've made $5, and I've been doing this for three months. So, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is a warning that sometimes there might be inappropriate language, whether it comes from the book we're reviewing or us uh, uh, lightly peppering in some swears in the conversation. We don't normally go crazy, but sometimes it happens, so keep that in mind if you've got a little kid or if you're just really uh, fussy. But uh, either way, don't let that hinder you from enjoying the book, boys. You might have to carry this show a little bit. Oh, why is that? I finished it, but I, I don't know. I think my you mind... out because it's yeah, a shit book? Well, I wasn't say shit book, but my mind was just elsewhere yesterday when I was reading most of it. And Were you thinking about your ex-girlfriend? Um, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Among other things, this I guess. This stays in the show. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what the show is for, right? Ben! Yeah. <laughs> How was your week? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. I got some gripes. You want some gripes? You're actually going to say something? Is, is that why? Yeah, gripe. Is this gripe time? Give me time? some gripes. If gripes is how you talk about your week, then give me it. So today, I wasted my hour-long lunch hour. Mm-hmm. That's redundant. You're going to have to clean that up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to mask over the name Glenn that you say <laughs> on the top of it. So the new job, it's a pretty strict schedule. I'm there 8 to okay. 5 and I have an hour long lunch and there's no real flexibility. I think they would understand if I was sick or something or had an appointment, but for the most part yeah. it's that schedule. Weird that it's so tight. Which, yeah, which is fine because it's like at 5.05 in the afternoon the place is just deserted. So there's mm-hmm. no expectation of putting in extra hours. Or anything. Oh, okay. But mm-hmm. I'm used to taking shorter lunches and kind of coming and going as I please. So mm-hmm. the hour long lunch has been kind of an adjustment for me. Mm-hmm. But today I was glad I had it because I uh, was on the phone for the whole lunch hour. Um, With your ex-girlfriend. I wish. Um, <laughs> Ouch. What I wouldn't give. They got a little real there. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, no, I was trying to, uh, I'm rolling over my 401k into the new plan. Oh, sure. Which, this is 2019. Why do I have to spend an hour on the phone to ask my old plan administrator to mail me a check mm. that I can give to my new HR department so they can then mail it in to the 401k plan administrator on our end to like roll it over like why yeah why can't this be done online why do i have to talk to somebody why do i have to wait on hold for 45 minutes and then talk to the person for 10 minutes do so you? they can mail me a check so i have a long history of jumping from job to job to job until this last one i've been at and i had accrued small amounts of money in my 401k depending you know from each place i've been at and they basically roll it over. They either hold on to it for a while, they roll it over into an IRA or something. So uh, when I needed that money to buy my first place, 
uh, I just wound up calling all my old places and saying, what's the info? And they gave it to me, and I could tell them, and they could roll it over for me. Yeah, I, See, that was one of the options. Well, I could have rolled it over into an IRA, but I yeah. wanted to roll it over into my new 401k. All right, fine. And that requires a phone call and a check well, then through the mail. that's what you get. It's your own dang problem. You're going to be all why, No, why is it my problem? Why <laughs> Why does the system work like that in this day and age? So you spent a whole hour trying to roll your 401k. I was on 401K. hold most of the time. And then, yeah, to talk to a, a person to have a mail a check. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I should oh, be like to mail a check yeah. that you have to go send or... That I have to bring to my HR department. That's just, this is hilarious. And then they have to either like fax or mail my paperwork into the new <laughs> plan administrator to roll it over into my new 401k. I love that. I love it's that ridiculous. it's like the 1970s version yeah. of managing your IRA. Yeah, I was looking at like the rollover acceptance instructions for the new place, <laughs> and it's they're telling my HR department they have to mail it or fax it. Mm. Like, why this? ridiculous. That is ridiculous. You know what else is ridiculous? I just remembered right now that my air conditioning is on while we're recording. No. Are you prepared to tell that whole story again, Ben? As if it's no, I'm not. Is it going to be that uh, bad? Nah, you know, it'll be noticeable. I'm turning it I off. Mean, some I'm pe- turning it off. Some people like a little white noise in the background. Nah, Help them relax. There we go. No, this isn't a show that's supposed to... Uh, do you know there's a podcast Well, from... is it... Yeah, is it your bedtime stories? No. A little white noise yeah, in the background? Yeah, it should be... Uh... Helps your fans fall asleep? You know, that's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should have some white noise in the background yeah, of my go. show. Well, I remember hearing some in England, the like the shipping news on the BBC, people would... A lot of people <laughs> would just play it in the background as they're trying to fall asleep at night. Because really? it's just... Yeah, it's just a, a man with a pleasant voice just reading really mundane like shipping information like when boats are coming and going from various ports around the country and it's just completely dry and it's serving a purpose i yeah. mean people some people need to know this information but a lot of people listen to it just to help them fall asleep so mm. i thought maybe the serial thing was something like that where maybe that's what you could do we talked about it. we talked about you you using the the anchor app a fine quality product uh, i can't believe how easy that app is to use <laughs> it's incredible <laughs> But you should maybe figure out something along those lines, where maybe you just <laughs> read texts between you and your mom <laughs> with soft music in the background and waves and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Ben, how's work going? It's fine. I'm busy right now. <laughs> the book? Yeah. How? Wait, did we talk about your week at all yet? Oh. Um, just that you're on call right now. I was now. sick. I'm on oh. call. Oh. Uh, you were sick, and now I'm in a confined space with you. Well, it in seems an, like it's done. In an already sketchy basement. I'm worried about my health every time I come over here. That's we, true. We already talked about it. This place is covered in poison. <laughs> I imagine there's a But there's no mice. How much? Uh, I've been treating the outside poison, so there's okay. no mice getting in here. So you should be happy that you're safe and secure in a mouse-free area. Okay. So you were ill, though. You know, in relationships where, you know, from high school on... Uh, one person will get sick and the other one goes, oh, I don't care, I love you, and then kiss anyways or snuggle anyways and that sort of thing. No, I'll take a sip of your soda. I don't care if you're sick. Like, it doesn't bother me. And then they get sick and they're unhappy about it. Uh, That's what my girlfriend did. She said, oh, you're sick? I don't care. And I'm like, well, I'll try really hard not to get you sick. And so just, like, just kind of keep a little bit of distance. She's like, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. She's sick now, and she's really pissed. <laughs> well. <laughs> and I've emotionally given myself permission not to care. I'm like, I warned you. I've been doing this in and out of relationships for 20-some-odd years. Uh, I'm not playing this. I'm not doing this dance. Yeah. <laughs> or you're sick, and it's your own damn fault. Um, yeah, I got nothing else going on in my week. Except this book. Ben, 
Uh, I was hoping that as you were reading it, my voice or like a little version of my head was floating over you complaining about the stuff you were reading because there's no way you could be happy with what you read. Yeah. I... Or you could. You could surprise me. But I was like, he's got to admit that this sucks. I wouldn't say it sucks The endings was fine? You were happy? It was... I don't know. You didn't I, get Game of Thrones done this one? I felt like I did. I could see why you would <laughs> make that assertion. I'm well, hoping that HBO, when they take this story, that they take the like the holes in the plot and everything and and, and make it better. Like they take some creative license. Yeah, they can tighten things up a little bit. I would I hope think. so. Because in this case, I feel like it needs it. Should we just briefly go over the plot so the trilogy have been leading up to a big battle well the trilogy surprised us at the end of the first book by saying turns out this is all about God and we're gonna go kill God and then of course we go what yeah and then I think oh I think theology is really interesting so this will be interesting I'm sure he's read up on the Bible or whatever angle he's going to go for here, he's probably going to work in all this stuff and it's going to be really like interesting and fleshed out. And it wasn't, Ben. <laughs> it was sloppy. Well, and it wasn't that good. It's just that's not what it was about. So was it not good or it just didn't meet what your expectations were and went in a different direction? Well, if you're going to make a book about killing God, I think your expectations are kind of high as far as storytelling ability goes. Like you've got... But that, that's what I'm saying, though. Maybe that's not what the book was really about. Well, you can't say, like, okay, we're going to deal with angels, we're going to deal with Adam and Eve, we're going to deal with... But we're not really going to reference the Bible, because that is passe. We're going in a new direction. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, in this, so in this point, uh, they're going to go... They're finally going to have their big battle with God, and the book stretches on for quite a while before they finally have that battle. And then it goes on for quite a while after the battle. Which was really uh, annoying to me. Because the wrap-up scene? Okay, make up your mind. Because <laughs> at first you couldn't wait for the battle to get here, mm-hmm. and then the battle got here. Well, we got Game of Thrones. Did you want it to just end at the battle? Would that have been Oh, no, preferable? but uh, it was the battle was real, real short, and then it was like an extra chapter or two of just them wrapping things up. Was I... That was more than a chapter or two, wasn't it? Oh, I don't remember exactly. Yeah, I thought it was like two chapters several. of them. Like, like hey, it turns uh, out really weird chasing around stuff. Like, hey, we got to... We got to go back to our own worlds because we'll never survive. Yeah, uh, it was like six or seven. And then it's like, oh, but hey, maybe I can leave a portal open. No, we can't. Poop, you know that sucks. But then it's like, hey, wait a minute, maybe we could. They're like, no, it turns out we can't. And it's like, why do they write all that? Yeah. <laughs> no, There's I agree. A lot of with back that. and forth, but they settle down. They can't see each other anymore. I, I agree with that. I can quibble with those same details, but I think <laughs> part of the reason I wanted to read this is because I wouldn't normally read something like this. Yeah. So, and in that sense, I enjoyed it overall the trilogy right, well, this book specifically I enjoyed it it's just yeah it's not the sort of thing I'd normally pick up and I thought it was fun it was a fun read but right, yeah fine. there's if you there's look I'm, I mean, that you're you putting it up against it. Titans like Harry Potter but see I didn't read that <laughs> you're the Harry Potter expert so I'll have to yeah, take expert. your word so would, Harry Potter was better than this is what you're saying mm, story wise yeah what about writing wise Writing-wise, is pretty okay. These They're both the same when it comes to writing. Okay. So they're both really? good writers, but the story itself, this guy kind of pooped himself towards the end. I think we said this one is darker than Harry Potter. There seem to be more yeah, mature things it, going on. Yeah, I mean, there's like sex and stuff Speaking going on. Speaking of which, did the 13-year-olds have sex at the end of this book? 
I'm kind of thinking they did. Yeah. They don't flat out spell it out, but... They were definitely kissing and hugging, and then they and disappeared. And they I know. The they final disa- chapter, she makes this soliloquy about how she loves him and how they can spend their whole lives together and stuff, and I'm like... I kind of wish, if they hadn't had sex, that that would have been made clear <laughs> instead of the ambiguity that I'm left I with. Know. Like, I'm left, like, trying to contemplate... Do these two 13-year-olds? I know. They, By the time that they were how hunting... How far did they... What base did they get to? Did they, did they admit their love to each other when they were hunting for their own demons? Because from that point where they admitted their love to each other, I was like, ugh. And then the shadow of them possibly having sex uh, was over the rest of the book for me. Anyway, let's get back... Briefly summarize the plot here. They yes. were... At the end of the first half of this book, they were in the suburbs of the world of the dead or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so... Lyra, they get into the boat to cross mm-hmm. over to where all the ghosts are. Yes. The harpies are there. They make friends with the harpies. Yeah. So the harpies, um, sorry, the whole, the whole job of the harpies is to, uh, like, make people's lives hell there because they know all their horrible secrets and they shout it at them while they're standing yeah. up. And then she was able to get the harpies, so we'll get into later. But the reason why she got the harpies to get on her side was the dumbest reason I ever heard in my entire life. Yep, but we'll I, move on. Yeah, let's, we'll get back to that. <laughs> anyway, so they go there. They have a plan to let all of the ghosts out mm-hmm. of the world of the dead. Will opens a window yep. that they can get through and then basically just disappear. Yeah, um, that, but also fight. Go on. Then, yeah, we get to the battle. That they can fight in and not disappear. Yep. I was, yeah, I didn't <laughs> made understand no sense. Again, how that he pooped worked. himself. He just kind of yeah. gave up, like, rule schmools. The battle happens. <laughs> the, the good guys win. Azrael and Mrs. Coulter sacrifice themselves to save. To kill Metatron. Team. Yeah. They find God. God's a tiny little guy in a glass thing. Yeah, the authority. Wait, that was, yeah. Okay, so. No, I, we're, well, let's keep moving. Yeah. We'll uh, go we'll back in the details. Back. And then, so the battle happens. The good guys win. And then the last. Whatever eight chapters is tying things up. <laughs> that assassin is still after. Yeah, Lyra, what was his name again? Uh, Father Gomez, I think. Yeah, that's it, Father Gomez. Um, and they're in the elephant people world at that point, mm-hmm. and waiting, Will, and they're trying to find their demons. Yeah, Will has acquired a demon at this point. I was going to ask you, did I miss that from the first half of this book that we read? He got a demon at some point. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay, sorry, it's in this no, it was part, a, it was and I missed half. it on this part. Okay. So anyway, they're looking for the demons. This assassin is after them. They don't even know that because the angel comes back and kills the assassin for them. Mm-hmm. They go in the woods and fuck, apparently, and then <laughs> go back to their respective worlds forever, and they can't see each other ever again because they have to close all these windows between worlds. But except the power of dreams, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that kind of summarizes what happened. That does summarize what happened. So, the harpies. Should we get back to the harpies? Yeah, can you... I also say what summarizes what happened? Yeah. That the knife found one thing it couldn't cut. Love, Ben. <laughs> It's actually, it's in the damn book. <laughs> Will found this one thing the knife couldn't cut, and that's love. So, um, the harpies, Ben. Now, did you ever watch the uh, the Kids in the Hall? Mm-hmm. When I was reading about the harpies, I was reminded of the chicken lady. <laughs> was that the picture you had in your mind? No, but now it is. <laughs> I, I, for some reason, that was like the first thing that popped in my mind. That's all I could think about. So... That ruined the harpies a little bit for me. Aside from the rest of the things that ruined the harpies, 
that you touched on earlier, but yeah. Anyway, the harpies are in the the so world yeah, of the, the dead. The harpies are yeah. in the world of the dead, and their job—they've been given the gift by Metatron to be able to see the faults of every one of the ghosts in there. And so what they do is they push—if I read that right—they push these ghosts down to a lower level, so it's kind of like hell, where they just shout at them like "You masturbate too much" and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's just their job to torment. Yeah, and um, so it's kind of like hell because it's literally lower than the other part or something silly yeah. like that. But then. Um, the harpies aren't going to allow them to walk around looking for their friends and that sort of thing until they find out, until Lyra tells the harpies a story uh, about her life and the harpies love it. And it turns out the harpies love stories. So how yeah. are they going to get the harpies to be on their side? And they love true stories. Mm-hmm. They hate lies. They hate lies. Yeah. So the, they say, hey, harpies, if you help us, we'll tell all these ghosts that they have to tell you their story. So the power of story, Ben, yeah, is what uh, got the harpies on their side. And then the harpies are just falling all over themselves trying to help. It's just I mean, pathetic was, to watch. That was a big moment for Lyra, though. She's established herself as a pathological liar throughout the trilogy, <laughs> so she told a true story, and uh, it saved the day. So, yeah, the harpies... Maybe, maybe it's whimsical. Whimsy? The power know. of whimsy? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, once the... Uh, once the um, harpies had, they helped them do what at what point? Find their friends? But then it's like they cut, they finally cut open an opening from the afterlife, which apparently was tough. They couldn't just open up an opening anywhere. Well, because they kept, since they were lower, when you tried to open into other worlds, it was underground every time. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Okay. So. Because it's something about, like, as he starts to do the knife, he can tell what's on the other side, kind of, by how it feels. Because he's real good at it. Yeah, he's real, real good at it. That's why he's the chosen uh, one. But eventually they they do, they tell all the ghosts, hey, you know, there's even one ghost that says this is heaven and you've been sent by the devil to tempt us. Uh, So everyone's confused. So they say, hey, it doesn't have to be like this. You could go out into the world again and turn into little mist or particles and become back with creation. Yeah. And wouldn't that be so much better? And they're all like, yeah, we are fine not existing anymore. So they all do that. But suddenly, thanks to the battle, oh, and the harpies guide them out. The harpies like, well, let's make it our job, even though all the stories go away. So they lost their motivation. Oh, and there was like a cross-dimensional bomb that... Mm -hmm. Lyra's... It's a hair bomb. Church. Yeah. (laughs) It was, again, back to the quantum entanglement type thing, and Mm -hmm. her hair was still... There's a lock of her hair. It's a lazy quantum entanglement. Yeah. At Uh, some point, she had a lock of her hair cut off. While she was sleeping, and then Coulter Coulter kept it, which got stolen from her when she was visiting whoever. And they were building a bomb. Mm Mm-hmm. And all it needed was her hair, and then it would find her in whatever dimension she was in and blow her up. But they they find John, whoever, uh, Will's dad. John Perry. Perry. They find him, and he says, Hey, guys, there's a bomb, and it's got Lyra's hair. And it's going to kill Lyra, because they want to kill Eve. And uh, But I know a way around it. Find where her hair was cut, yeah. and then is like a little stump left of hair and cut the rest of it and stick it in another dimension and that solves the problem. Yep. How does that work, Ben? Did that make any sense to you? It sounded weird to me. Uh, I agree. So it's just more sloppy writing. It, yeah. I, <laughs> Not really clever. Doesn't stick to any rules. I get, Yeah, it seemed like that... Yeah, it, If you think about that one too much, it, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't really. work at all because it can still stay on her head and she's technically safe, right? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Well, then... Is it that the hair that's been chopped is still quantumly entangled to the scalp and well, yeah, that's, then it kills her that way. Because we'll cut off the rest of it with the subtle knife down to the scalp but there's still... 
hair follicles in there. Beneath the scalp. And it's, I know. Like, are those hairs that much different than the rest of the hair on her head where, like, it was just, I, I don't know. Why does it have to literally be connected from this hair to the little stump of hair in her head? Like, why is that the angle I instead of, like, the genetic code in the hair? <laughs> yeah, that's that yeah. is what I thought they were going for, but apparently that's she was We should probably stop talking about that. <laughs> I mean, there's fine. no more to be made by talking about that. All right, uh, let's take a break. So, uh, Mrs. Coulter and uh, Lord. Azrael or whatever, they fuss and fight and wrestle with Metatron, the angel, who's come down. Yeah. And the bomb does go off, but it's not tied to Lyra anymore, so it opens up this giant pit or void or whatever you want. Yeah, and that happened at some point before yeah. Azrael and Kroltor were wrestling. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so then they basically realize that they have to sacrifice themselves to kill him so that Lyra can live because she's Eve, damn it. Yeah. And uh, so we got to keep her alive. And so they do. And that was a pretty easy fight because he's not made of real flesh and blood. So he was uh, weirdly as strong as a horse at one point, but also easy to wrestle. <laughs> so they well, mentioned how the. There were a few of them. Hmm. I mean, it wasn't one on one. It was. Well, it was the two and of them. Her. Yeah, and then like her monkey. Yeah, it was Yeah, but. I don't know. It's Again, this is the big battle we've been hearing about for two and a half books. That I was expecting, like, it's going to be a big drawn-out thing with some intrigue and some, like, cliffhangers yeah. and things to make you stressed out. Oh, I wonder if they'll make it and all that kind of stuff. No, it was pretty straightforward. Well, there was a literal cliffhanger when Lyra was hanging from the cliff. Do you think that that's the how the author thinks cliffhangers work? <laughs> <laughs> well, my editor said I need a cliffhanger, so uh, I'll have them literally hanging off a cliff. So maybe the lesson here for you hmm. is that uh, it's about the journey sometimes and not the destination <laughs> you were so focused on getting to that battle that you didn't appreciate everything that led up to it yeah maybe you're right ben speaking of cliffhangers you ever see the 1993 film cliffhanger starring sylvester stallone <laughs> isn't that one I've, of john lithgow's finest performances i'd say i actually haven't seen that but i have seen oh, you haven't? uh no but I, I have seen uh ace Ventura pet detective 2 where they recreate cliffhangers where there's like um like a kitten or something in a bag across the uh, chasm and he's got to go out and save it and it doesn't or it's like a raccoon yeah see I would appreciate that joke on more levels than you because I saw (laughs) cliffhangers I can't believe you're belittling me because I haven't seen cliffhangers (laughs) it's a classic action movie is it a classic yeah I think it is as far as uh, action movies go it's it's pretty strong pretty strong one has no embarrassment in admitting that you've seen all the Fast and Furious movies. So I guess Cliffhangers does fall into the well, same. Well, I watched those ironically. I mean, oh, it's... did you watch Cliff, uh, Cliffhangers ironically, or is that uh, one that you actually sat down as a sixteen? I kind of like it. Band? Now I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it's as good as Die Hard or anything. <laughs> yeah, no, but I it's, doubt it is. It's a pretty solid, pretty <laughs> solid action movie. Pretty tight little script. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they kill Metatron. Um, oh yeah, the book. Yeah, Lyra and Will they find. The authority, the original angel that claims to be God, uh, hanging out in a little crystal cage. Okay, so the that's word... the part I don't get is because the castle was floating towards Lord Azrael's thing, and uh, that's where the battle happens. Yeah. He sends his men out, they fight Metatron and stuff. 
I apparently got lost in, did they, did the castle come crashing down after the bomb and they were able to get at God, or did they climb up into the, how did they get no, at God? No, there was a, a small group of angels surreptitiously carrying God out of there. Trying That's to, it. Oh, I missed yeah. that part. And you said he was in a crystal cage. They yeah. kept calling it a litter. Is that? No, I don't know. I gleaned from context that it was some sort of cage, but I've never heard well, the word the, litter used to describe Cage. I didn't catch that. I oh. even made a note of they found an angel in a glass whatever. It was so yeah. small that I missed that that was supposed to be the authority. I missed it. And I made a note. They found an angel in a glass thing and kept going on, kept reading. Yeah. And then it was like, I got to the end of the book. I'm like, I don't, they didn't kill God, did they? And I had to like go back and go through it. I'm like, oh, that was God. I yeah. literally skimmed over it because it was such a small portion did of the story. Literally? <laughs> <laughs> ben, you son yeah. of a gun. Yeah? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, well, cheers to that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, thanks. This isn't pumpkin coffee this week, by the way, is it? No, it's just normal coffee because you complain so much like a well, baby. Well, I mean, not like a baby. <laughs> like a curmudgeon. <laughs> like a curmudgeon. So, yeah, the actual finding the authority, super, super small. That's where we got Game of Thrones to, where it was like, you know, the White Walkers thing. It was like, oh, that's all done in one episode. Was, yeah. All right. We've only been waiting for years for this moment, but okay. Kind of the same with this book. Um... So my th- one thing I had a question about is what do you think that so we've already pointed out a couple things that are problems in the story already. Another one being they say to the ghost, "Hey, come on out and you can disappear." They find um that's annoying. They find uh Lee what, Scoresby or whatever, the cowboy. I don't know. You need to take that? No, it's uh, Siri turned on while I was talking. Wow. Man, pretty cool. Okay. And that's the future for you. Constantly looking, constantly judging and watching. Um, they find Lee Scoresby. I just was concerned. I thought maybe that was a work thing. No, it wasn't a work thing, Ben. I'm talking about the show. They find Lee Scoresby and, yeah. you know, Will's dead. And so they lead them out and they disappear into dust or whatever. Or Lee Scoresby didn't because all of a sudden, like, they were fighting a battle. So it's like you could choose not to turn into dust and go yeah, out into I, the real world and fight angels and stuff. If there was some and there was specters, in the reason, Yeah, I didn't understand how that happened. Yeah, they didn't bother to explain it. Like, he set up a rule and then just didn't Or were they still, it. like, in the underworld? No, they weren't. They were out in the open. That's right, yeah, they were. Because they were out. out there because there was, like, the specters were out there and they were fighting specters. And, like, now suddenly Will can sort of see specters. Was it out in the open of that world, but they hadn't gone through the window or something? I don't... No, because they were... They, they were, were in a different... They were up yeah. against troops that had, like... It was, for some reason, one thing that stood out is they have troops that are fighting... But they, their demons are always like wolves or dogs, yeah. so they're specifically chosen because of their demon's shape that's been picked or whatever. Well, and I so, think like, the yeah. ghosts were, like, fighting them, too, and I'm like, this is dumb. It's dumb. Yeah, I was unclear as to how Lee and Will, or not Will, John, got yeah. out of there. And then, yeah, they just and decided then, to mm-hmm. disagree. Yeah. After and then yeah, Lee, like, made this big, like, hey, all right, I'm going back to the Earth. after fighting for a while and it's like I thought the minute you hit the air you dissipate well how does how did I miss Will that has a demon and it has a weird name but Clevis or something (laughs) what was it I love Clevis I'm gonna call you Clevis (laughs) Um, so that was when they um, got on the boat yeah to go to where all the ghosts were Oh, okay. So there was an exchange. Lyra's death brought them down to the dock where they 
get on the boat. Yeah. And the guy driving the boat mm-hmm. said, like, kept saying to Lyra, you can go, but he has to stay. Mm-hmm. Referring to Lyra's demon. Okay, yep. So you can't take your demon across. Yeah, and, and that was a big deal. Yeah, but then at the same time, so she was having her usual pain of being separated from her demon. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also talked about Will feeling the same sort of emptiness in his heart, I guess, when they left the shore. And so mm-hmm. so the demons we've established are just manifestations of people's souls. Mm-hmm. And so Will's soul was being left behind in the same way that Larry's demon was. Okay. Um, so it was through that process is... A demon was created? Yeah, when he got back out of the world and was, when they were looking for Lara's demon, his soul was then taking the form of a demon as well. Okay, two things. One, I don't remember, did any of the ghosts lament that they don't have access to their demons anymore when they were down in the world? Yeah, because they they made reference to that. They thought, didn't they say at first they thought the the Galavespians, the tiny spy people, were... Mm-hmm. Lyra and Will's demons because they had come mm-hmm. with them right. on the boat. So the the dead ghosts they knew what demons were and they were lamenting the loss of it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so that's that, just part of the deal when you die. You get separated from your demon, which doesn't make any sense because it's part of your soul. So in this, a soul. But is we knew that in Lyra's you. world, when people died, the demon disappeared and the dead body. Yeah, because it's tied to there. you. All right, so whatever. He made that little rule, so we'll stick with that. Um, yeah, he got you. I guess you tried whatever. to get him, but he got you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not hard to get him back. Yeah. Uh, so that just fits into the pocket buddy fixation that this author has. Everyone, evil, you, Will can't well, have one, but it turns out Will can have one. And turns out Mary can have one, too, because at the end of the book, it's like, did you know, Mary, you've always had a demon? She's like, I did. And then they reference magic yeah, eye paintings. Yeah, I knew you were, yeah. I know, and it's like, yeah. I hope he's, I hope I'm there with him in spirit, making fun yeah. of his analogy of, like... yeah. Cause it's like a magic eye painting. If you just look right, all of a sudden there's a whole world in front of you. That's the same way you can see your demon. Yeah. And so then Mary does it, and she sees this, like, bird crow and thing. you're not kidding here. That's exactly how it's explained in the book. Mm-hmm. They didn't use the term magic eye, because that's probably a registered well, no, trademark. Yeah. But they described it clearly. It's like looking at one of those paintings from the 90s where you kind of have to unfocus it. Yep. Unfocus your vision, and then it you just can looks see like it. a bunch of dots and, and stuff. And that's how you, you see your demon. And mm-hmm. then, sure enough, Mary Malone saw her demon by doing that. Yep. Uh, so yeah, tacky. I figured, I figured you would. Yeah, of course. Because it's horrible. It, it is. <laughs> it's so lazy and dumb. Like, I imagine him, but like, that's something that back in the 90s when I'd be hanging out with my friends that are getting high and stuff, and they'd be like, dude, this magic eye painting is blowing my mind. And I'm like, what? He's like, there's a whole world in there if you just look right. <laughs> I but, can see my soul yeah, now. <laughs> dude, dude, what if your soul was like a magic eye painting? <laughs> and like, if you look through it, you can see your soul. I'm like, uh, yeah, that was I was kind of cringing at that. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Um, so everyone gets a pocket buddy is what walks away from in this. But um, Mary is the most frustrating. She they after the battle they go back to the Mulefa world. The Seraph uh, is leaving. Is they, they actually opened? And that's like, the this, elephant people's word for dust. Yep, right. You're right. I should have said that. Damn it, you're right. Well, that's what I'm here for. Okay, that's well, why we're you. such a good team. Because I just mumble stuff and then you clear we it up. Pick up each other's slack. Oh, look at that. Yeah. We're best friends. Say it then. <laughs> I mean, sadly. Then are we best friends? <laughs> sadly, I think we are. <laughs> so, their version of Dust, which is Seraph, uh, Mary winds up making the 
the amber spyglass out of the glass and the oil and all this stuff. So she climbs up in the tree, she looks through it, she sees all this dust flowing through the air, but it's all going somewhere, like a big stream and river and yeah. swirling around. So then for no reason she, this is kind of in the beginning of, or, you know, chapter 20 or whatever, she climbs up in the tree and then decides to, like, the elephant people have to help her make a bed, and she goes on and on about how great they work together. They work as a real great team. That was a big thing for no reason. And then finally she makes a bed that goes up in the trees, and she stays up there. Why, I don't know. Then she leaves her body for no reason, starts to get sucked away by the dust, works her way back. Then that's never referenced again. That was just a thing we had to sit there and read, and then it's like, okay, this must have a point. Well, like, there was be a reason for this whole scene. But figuring no. out where the dust was going. Like, but you have to leave your body to... I mean, she's got the well, amber spyglass. dreaming. It's, there's all sorts of... <laughs> you know, you were criticizing me when we first started reading this trilogy for not immersing myself in this magical world where magical things happen. And she has an out-of-body experience I'm to not figure doubting, out what's going on with dust. I'm not doubting the out-of-body experience as if it's not sticking with the world that they live in. It's just that we... It was kind of a lot of the chapter, and then... Nothing came of it. It's kind of like if I spent a lot of time writing about someone's watch and how it worked and what it looked like and everything, and then never referenced it again for the rest of the book. You'd be like, why did I have to sit and read about that watch? That's kind of the way I felt about her sleeping in that bed. Sure. All right. I, but, my problem with that world is mm-hmm. time seems to go a lot slower there than in the other worlds. Mm. Just with mm. how she learned their language and was building huts yeah. and climbing trees and just... Right. It seemed like everything was happening at a rather leisurely pace in that world, <laughs> and she was just being a scientist there and learning mm-hmm. all about the world. Meanwhile, people are rushing around in these other worlds. Mm-hmm. Fight, no, you're right. Fight, I don't know, it just And a weird. lot's happening while she's presumably taking a year or more learning their culture and their language. And but she's doing them. it in the week. Yeah. Basically. Maybe she's just really, really smart. <laughs> I, well, I mean, it's a magical world, Ben. It's not outside the possibilities that she well, just Well, but be she's from our smart. dumb world. No, I know. And she should be moving just, at our pace that we would expect, yeah. Yeah, it just... That seemed weird to me. I agree. I, that's right. I didn't even put two and two together that she did spend what should have been, by our standards, a long time there. You're right. Yeah. Because she, like... She was getting to know their families and all yeah. sorts of stuff. Yeah, she was totally learning immersed. their customs and... Totally immersed in their culture mm-hmm. and... She was acting like an anthropologist Learn their language. She could literally speak to them mm-hmm. and understand each other. Well, I'm sure if anyone asked him, like, what's with that time discrepancy? Is it that things move slower or time is different in that world? And then he'd be like, oh, it's the dust, would be his answer. Because as on the top of my list... One of my complaints is, by the end of the book, we learn that dust is angels. Dust is intelligent or conscious. Uh, We find out at the end that it's something that comes off living people, but also uh, living people would just be dumb automatons if they didn't have dust around. Uh, It's probably what ghosts become when they leave the underworld, but I guess they can choose not to if they don't want to. And that (laughs) uh, matter loves dust. Uh, and also that Mary sees the stars and clouds and moon are trying to keep dust from leaving. So I don't know what dust is. Yeah. <laughs> Three books in, we still don't really know what the whole point it's of dust is. So Dr. Mary Malone, mm-hmm. earlier it was revealed that she was going to be the serpent that tempts mm-hmm. Lyra. <laughs> right? Yeah. I had, to go, I had to go look up on a website. What happened to the whole serpent thing? And I had to find out from the website what. Because the they didn't. Ser- that never happened. Was she, did she 
tempt or corrupt Lyra just by telling her about love? Because she had that whole yep. story about how she mm-hmm. hooked up with the guy at the conference in Portugal That's when she China. was in college. <laughs> yeah, she went to China. She says that, in the story uh, about, like, I was just this nerdy science lady. Or no, she was a super Christian nun person, but she also wanted to learn science for yeah. God's benefit or to celebrate God. And so then she winds up going to this conference where she has to give this speech and things are going great. Then she meets this man that's not particularly handsome, but uh, he seems to like her and they're flirting. And then she thinks, it's kind of like China. I thought I'd never be able to be in love, but, you know, just like I've heard of China, I know they have a culture, but I'll probably never go there. And it's the same thing with being in love. But then she realized she has been to China because she kissed a boy once or something. Yeah. That story was dumb. (laughs) <laughs> what was that? So her relaying that story to Will and Lyra, was that her? I had to cropping? go look this up. And that counts as her being the serpent because instead of an apple, she gave her a story. Just like the ghosts give story. the harpies stories. Yes. Well, and what makes no sense in the Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. the apple that was knowledge or something. Is that what that represents? Yes. So the idea being that at least what I had to find out from this website, because this book completely went off the rails for me as far as, like, the narrative they're giving you and what's the point. Um, The idea being that the original Eve ate the apple, and the apple represented knowledge, and then that's what made the authority angry, because now it's not dumb, and it's this person's, like, conscious and whatever. Uh, And now the new version of Eve, which is Lyra, is supposed to be keeping knowledge. So dust is also knowledge, and she's trying to keep the knowledge so that it doesn't escape, basically. And so then this time the serpent is giving her a story to give her knowledge where she stops being a little girl. Yeah. Uh, Now she's in love and she's horny, so now she's a woman, even though she's 13. So when my first thought was, like, Pullman has a pervert in the first book. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> now these are little girls that are technically women now because now she's gone out of the Garden of Eden of Innocence and now she's the new Eve. And, and their demons took permanent form after they presumably fucked in the bushes. Yeah, and I love that their fucking involved touching each other's demons. That was one thing that, they talked about. And which they I was were like, both pretty turned on by that. They were very excited. Tingling. Again, it wasn't loins. made explicitly clear. That they had intercourse. They didn't specifically, but but I'm annoyed that I have to be pondering this. So, like, <laughs> well, like I just said, the, tell me that they it was get a it. shadow over the rest of the book for me. Yeah, <laughs> where every time I finished a paragraph, I'm like, did they have sex? And then go to the next paragraph, did they have sex? And just everything till the very if end of the Phil book. Phil Pullman could have just said, made it clear that they kissed, and then they knew that not to go any further than that. Can't or they have I don't innocent thirteen year old hand holding and kissing? And yeah. I really like you. And I, you know, I guess this is what people call love. Like, but no. There's touching of demons. She's now lost her innocence, so she's out of that Garden of Eden. But yes, that's how Mary becomes the serpent, is through the power okay. of story. Uh, that's I figured that had to be it, because I didn't know what else it could have been. So. I didn't trust my own opinion on it, because I have no idea what's going on with ghosts, angels, God, how ghosts operate, and, and nothing. I have no idea what's going on in this book, because nothing sticks to any rules. And then it's like, so who, so how is she Eve? Like, I didn't know that her leaving the Garden of Eden, I had to go look that up. I'm like, oh, so she technically left the Garden of Eden of virginity. (laughs) So that's how, and also her probably losing her virginity is the way that she kept consciousness dust staying here is the idea. But really what kept the dust staying here is sealing up all Mm -hmm. the windows. Closing all the windows, yeah. So it really didn't have anything to do with Eve. So the, the subtle knife came into existence some 300 years prior. The people in Sitagazi world who made it. Yep, started seeing specters. And they were recklessly opening windows, and that's what was happening with the dust. The dust was leaking out of worlds through these open windows. So mm-hmm. 
they had to close all the windows and but also the angels come to do that for a will. At the end at of the, the book, end. they're just like, so it's like, oh, okay, so now this is more of the story. It's like, no, the angel's like, I'll take care of it for you. So like, here's a yeah, band-aid band- band- on the story, it. and we'll, don't worry about it, we got it. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, opening up the portals, when the dust go through, it turns into specters. And instead of dust turning into specters and then what, wanting to get more dust, it just goes after people's demons. <sighs> that yeah. made no sense. That okay. was another rule out the window. Like, he just changed the rules on it. Um, so... It, Specters were dust. Then what's dust? And then, yeah, <laughs> I can deal with some ambiguity. It's too much. Books, but yeah, there was a lot just things that didn't quite make sense. Will we find out his name is representative of free will? But like, what? Speaking <laughs> of movies, did you ever see Free Willy? I never did. <laughs> is this your thing? Is this on your notes now? Before no. his actors' names? No. Or like, oh, also, this is all off the cuff. Uh, Father Gomez is something that we skipped over. He shows up in the elephant dimension, and uh, he shoots a big bird, conquers another one, rides it like an animal. But then what happened to those big birds? They were terrorizing the villages, and then that That's was never resolved. That was on. just like... We had to read an entire thing about how they attacked and pooped. Yeah. But then it never followed through. There was no other, like, mini battle with that yeah. where they conquer and win. There's nothing. It's just kind of like, but, yeah, read this. Okay, yeah, we're done. I like how he appears in this world. He sees a bird right away. He shoots it in the face. Yep. And all the and other then, birds go, whoa. Well, they instantly, instantly understand, like, well, this guy's in charge now. Yeah. Yeah, they go. They even say something about how, like, they, they could put two and two together and understood what happened. Yeah. And then... I didn't get that he basically tamed one to ride it, but also when Mary sees him, because she's out there with the spyglass, looking around, she sees this shadowy form riding a white bird. And it's like, oh, he tamed one of the birds and he rode it. And I love that her response is, he's holding a big long stick, yeah. he's riding a bird, and her first thought is, oh, it just must be some guy that wandered in from another dimension. Yeah. Doesn't mention it when she goes back. Yeah. And also, when they come back from, or when they go into the world of the dead, they're supposed to be separated from their demons and it's supposed to be the most painful thing screaming yelling and kicking it's supposed to be horrible yeah but they're fine i mean they're unhappy but they're able to go through and do their job when gomez uh with balthamus winds up finding gomez who's trying to hunt down lyra and kill her and will uh but balthamus finds him and wrestles him and gets his demon and pulls his demon away but Gomez is freaking out the way Lyra and Will should have been <laughs> the whole time they were in the afterworld. He's freaking out, and then finally, like, Balthamus is able to drown him because he bonks his head and falls over and yeah. drowns or whatever. Yeah, Father Gomez, so like, slipped on a rock at his head, and then the angel held his head underwater. I know, it's so dumb. I was just like, this is, like, so not, I, I don't know, I was expecting more drama. There really isn't any. Like, he's like... You better let go of my demon. Whoops! <laughs> he falls over and bonks his head. And then angels aren't very strong, so he's able to kind of keep his head kind of underwater a little bit. And yeah. then eventually the demon disappears. And it's So Metatron is this angel, basically second in command after the authority, because mm-hmm. the authority is old and weak. And Metatron has taken over. Mm-hmm. So this supremely powerful being, mm-hmm. presumably. But Mrs. Coulter just, like, seduces him, basically. Oh, I forgot to mention, that's right, it was so stupid. Yeah, that's that's what my note was. Really? Yeah, she's like, well, he used to be human, so I'm sure he's got a couple of human traits, and I know how to work them. Yeah. So she's doing a lot of, like, oh, I can't do it without you. If I only met someone like you, boy, would I be different. <laughs> well, and he can basically see into her innermost thoughts, mm-hmm. but she was still able to deceive him, mm-hmm. because she's just so beguiling and there was sexy. something about it was yeah, weird it was really hard to read yeah. it was just so tacky and then all of a sudden Metatron who has no personality so far in this story 
is just like, really? And she's like, yeah, oh, look, there's my ex over there. I should go talk to him. Like, I'm going to go kill him. Hold on, hold on. Let me talk to him first. It's like this, he's this supreme angel, whatever. Like, is he that stupid? He's like, okay, you go talk to your ex-boyfriend, but I'm going to kill him when you're done. (laughs) No, you could be getting tricked. He's supposed to be able to see into their souls, too. But she was apparently so wicked that he... Wow, that was a noise that came out of that bottle. Yeah, Yeah. she's so wicked he couldn't see if she's lying. He couldn't see, well, he couldn't see the one bit of goodness in her soul that she actually wanted to protect her daughter finally. Yeah. Because up to that point, her whole life had been just lies and deceit and everything and self gain for herself. And so that's all he saw. And And that's another thing about that. And also, she's real sexy. Well, we know that. She's real, real sexy. Um, That's one thing I was kind of hoping at the end of the book they'd kind of explain why did she suddenly snap and become the perfect mother to Lyra kind of out of nowhere she kind of talked about that didn't she not really I she did she mentioned right before, it before didn't she and Azrael before they talk f- about that right before they before the battle yeah yeah she does mention it like I've been horrible my whole life but I've changed because of Lyra but that's all she says about it and but there's no like this was... happened and it made me like realize except that like Lyra almost died in that machine to separate her demon yeah and now she's willing to like she says like I've deceived everyone or something like that like she's literally lied and deceived everyone in this book for Lyra out of the blue yeah (laughs) so it makes no sense to me at the end of the book uh, uh, Mary tells Will hey can we be friends forever and we can live together and you know we're the only two that really knows what happened so we gotta stay friends and then Will's like sure and they're like and I'll help you with your mom and it's all this like you're my friend and you can't go anywhere Thing. I'm convinced that Pullman's the loneliest man on earth. And you're the second loneliest? <laughs> I'm not the second loneliest. You I've seem got a to girlfriend. have problems <laughs> with everyone else having friends. <laughs> yeah. Mary's speech about not believing in God, uh, I said it ignores how the world is set up. Uh, and then I put down story, she's being a serpent. What did you think about her reason why, she, since you're the atheist, did you do a lot of like, Hell yeah, when you were reading her speech about why she suddenly decided she didn't believe in God. Because <laughs> oh, I thought it was the flimsiest, weirdest... Refresh my memory, I guess I don't... It didn't stand out to me, I guess. So. Uh, basically, it was the whole China speech. And that was kind of it. It was the China speech. Okay. About how, like, hey, it turns out I sort of have been in love, and I should celebrate the flesh, and God hasn't really done anything for me except for make me feel judged and guilty all the time, and that was it, okay. pretty much. So then she decided, I don't think he's real, and then she's liberated and free and happy. Um, which, fine, it doesn't follow anything about how this story is set up, where she's literally talking to angels, and there's an afterlife, and there's these other dimensions. And these you think after experiencing all that, you'd be like, well, maybe God is real, because all this other weird shit's going on. Well, but all this stuff is not Christian God, though. That's the thing. There, There is no God. It's just an angel that conjures itself up out of dust has been fooling everyone into thinking it's God and the church is a lie in this trilogy. Sure, but I think the the logic of how this world or this book's universe is set up is that there's dimensions, there's environments in these dimensions, there's living conscious things in these dimensions. The living things are given consciousness through this dust and basically all of this magical stuff is going on as if it's all been laid out. I don't know if it is. I don't laid out. think it's... No, I don't think there was like a creator here. Hmm. I, don't, I don't think that was... 
what I got out of this. Oh, I was thinking this whole thing is set up where it's like the idea of a creator doesn't seem impossible when you have conscious dust and everything else going on and angels that just pop into existence. I don't think it'd be too far-fetched for these people in this world to think, well, that first angel that popped into existence and said, I made all this, it's mine, could have been created in this world. I'm not talking about here in our world, I mean in the world of this book. Yeah. I'd... It doesn't seem far-fetched to be like, well, there could be a creator and this angel is like lying. You know, and saying I'm the creator. So her idea of why she doesn't believe in God in this world where all this magical shit is happening, I was just like, it doesn't seem like a real argument. <laughs> it seems pretty lame. Oh, wait. I, I gotta... Bear with me. I'll find a quote here. Basically, when Lyra and Will found they couldn't be in the same world, but they could... Did they say something about being able to travel mm. between worlds with your imagination? In imagination, yeah. We mentioned that earlier, okay. and I kind of forgot... The angel is talking to Will about closing up all the windows. Mm-hmm. The angels don't need the windows to travel between worlds. They... Oh, they don't? Yeah, so that's where this came up. So Lyra and Will are talking to this angel, Zephania, who is going to close up all these windows. Mm-hmm. And, um, they ask this angel, will you be confined to one world as we are? And the angel says, no, we have other ways of traveling. Lyra asks, the way you have, is it possible for us to learn? (laughs) The angel replies, yes, you could learn to do it as Will's father did. It uses the faculty of what you call imagination. Wait, so that's how Will's father got through? But that does not mean making things up. It is a form of seeing. So wait, Will's father projected himself in the other world? I guess my, yeah. So is his body still in the other, the original world? No. So imagination can literally travel you anywhere? Apparently. And my assumption was that Will's father had just stumbled through. Well, his physical body stumbled through. And then, like you said, he was sick and stuff, and he became the shaman and everything. Yeah, but I I thought he had stumbled through a window, like in a blizzard or something, because he was up in the Arctic. Yeah. And so I thought that's how he accidentally ended up in this world. He didn't even realize it. But, yeah, apparently before he was a shaman in Lyra's world, he was already mystical so the imagination could literally take his physical body into a different dimension that's what's being explained here i think by the angel i didn't catch that part i remember being really loosey-goosey and cheesy but i didn't follow through on like oh his dad like i didn't catch the part about his dad so again anyway well the angel keeps so lyra wants to clarify that she says not real traveling then just pretend the angel says no nothing like pretend Pretending is easy. This is this way is hard, but much truer. At the end of a book that everyone's been like going through, or you know, people have been sitting down to read this book, you can't just be like, "Ah, screw everything I said before." The power of imagination is how you can get back and forth. So, are they at the end of the book? I kind of gave up towards the end when they started like talking about their lives afterwards, and I was just kind of skimming through. Did I miss anything where they suddenly use the power of imagination to like kiss? No, I don't think so. Okay. So Unless actually... I was in the same state of mind by that point as you were, skimming right. over it. Oh, look, your cover's got the little bench, because they talked about how this bench is also in my dimension, and we should both sit on no. this bench on the same day every year. And... Yep. So look at that, it's got the bench, and it's got their animals. Great. Isn't that nice? That's nice, it's really romantic. Yeah. I hated this last book, Ben. I can tell. <laughs> I really didn't like it. It'd be one thing, the first book was fine. I'm like, oh, this is good. It's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, like, oh, they're going to go kill God. That seems like a big leap. I'm sure he's really got to have mapped this whole thing out and really thought about how you're going to work in the biblical stuff about Eve and everything. Else. 
but uh, and then by the second book, I'm like, this is kind of getting annoying. And this last book just made me mad. <laughs> I didn't like I it. Tell. Yeah, I can tell. Like, I, I don't know. All right, fine. You can. I'm, like I'm it. glad I read it. That's it was, the thing about being best friends. We don't yeah, have to agree. It was. I thought it was fun. I, I, you know, the ending wasn't perfect for me either, but I still overall enjoyed the experience of reading it. All right, fine. Well, because I feel like I travel to these worlds with the power of my imagination. <laughs> You know, when I get thing, to be your age, am I going to lose my imagination? Is that the problem here? <laughs> I told my girlfriend about, uh, I don't know if she heard, I don't know if it's in the episode or not, but about how you said, you think you're going to outlive me? Because I was talking about how I eat your body or whatever, and you're yeah. like, and the words you said are, you are considerably older than I am. <laughs> yeah, you left that in. <laughs> Did I? Okay. Yeah. yeah, then I told her about that, and she was just laughing. And like an hour later, she'd just start laughing again, and be like, considerably older than <laughs> like, Shut up. So, um, yes, apparently my imagination dies and I become a real actual curmudgeon where you're just okay. pretending. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, one thing that did blow my mind where I spat out my gum and did it like a whole, what was, uh, the one thing the knife couldn't cut <laughs> was Will and Lyra's love. That was one of my few notes at the end was, um, <laughs> this is getting kind of sappy. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> Well, Ben, what's coming up next? I haven't. Well, we need to talk books. about that. Um, yeah. First, do we want to take a short hiatus? Maybe. Oh, we could do that. I'm going to be out of town the next couple of weekends. I don't know how much time. That's we fine. Um, we could take a hiatus. Yeah, let me get caught up on the uh, picture of Dorian Gray that I'm also not liking reading. Yeah, there you go. And uh, I can try and plow through that. Scream the thing. Scream what thing? Glenn. God, why do you keep saying the Glenn? Just in case you need that. If no, I already got one. I got one, on, I got one in the archives. I'm giving you more in case you need them. They all sound exactly the same. <laughs> You're not doing like a high-pitched one, a low-pitched one. Go on, scream it. Book Boys. Oh, well, that was nice. Don't... Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to try to trick a, a loud one in no. there. No. I'm watching I'm your done. mouth. Your mouth's doing a lot of twitching. Can we talk about Anchor yet? Fine, go ahead and talk about Anchor. I was just on the easy-to-use Anchor app earlier today. Yeah? Oh, you think about doing your own podcast? Well, no, it's just, so easy to use their tools. It is. I agree. <laughs> and it's so easy to look at the financials here. We made almost $7. Did we? I haven't looked I at the know. stats or anything in a while. $6.84. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You should make your own podcast. You should think about it. Ben's thoughts when you're in the bathroom and you're thinking out loud to yourself. Got any songs you've written or poems you write? No, I'm not the creative type. Hmm. I, uh... What if you did a dream diary <laughs> podcast? <laughs> that sounds very compelling. <laughs> it could be. I don't know what your dreams are like. Standing outside a Target, but it was actually open for once when I got there. <laughs> All right. That sounds like a nice dream. <laughs> Uh, as I was able to easily roll over my 401k. Then you wake up like, oh, it was just a dream. Yeah. If mm. only that could be done with the click of a mouse. <laughs> well, on that note, thanks for listening to the show. Don't do it. Uh, and tune in next time as we figure out what we're going to read. We're going to go on a hiatus. I'm turning it off now. <laughs>